Colossians 4, verses 2 through 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of God for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer anyone. I need to walk down here because even though I have my scripture printed, I may be turning elsewhere in the Bible, and I thought it might be good if I have mine, so if I ask you to look in yours. Adam and Katie have had a long-due vacation this week and uh, are headed back, I believe, today. And so um, I am here to fill in for Adam, and it is my joy and privilege to do that. Interestingly, I knew that I wanted to speak and share this message with you as soon as I was asked several months ago. For, to uh, help with this state. I've shared this message before, but not the same message. I've used the same scripture. So I went to bring it up on my flash drive that I thought I had backed up from my computer. But that computer was the one that I took with me when I left Lidditz Church of the Brethren, and about October, it electronically fried. So I didn't have my manuscript. So you're getting a fresh copy today. And that's okay, because I think even when we look at familiar scriptures, God can give us a fresh perspective. And so that's so important. Even if the bottom line is basically the same, different words will stand out differently to you. I have noticed that if I use the Bible that my mom gave me in 1988, there are certain things that are highlighted. If I go to another Bible that has no highlights, I tend to see different words when I read the same scripture because my eyes, my heart are just open to that and not just drawn to the colors that I've already put in this one. Paul was writing a letter to the Colossian church. And at the beginning of this letter, he bookends it um, with talking about the message and the mystery. And so in today's scripture, one of the verses talks about the mystery. And so when I read that, I was like, so what, what do you mean, the mystery? What, what does Paul called the mystery. Well, you have to go back in Colossians to chapter 1 and chapter 2. And it's actually at the end of chapter 1, verse 27. And the verse says this, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So there's your first vocabulary 
word of the day, mystery, Christ in you. And so I want you to tuck that away as we work through this passage today. Typical piano player, I need more, more space for my pages than I usually get. Well, today is about opportunity. And I loved what Dave shared as he did his research and found quotes. And every day is an opportunity. Every moment of interaction with somebody is an opportunity. Every moment of non-interaction is an opportunity between you and God. You know, if there had been no problems, there would have been no need for Jesus' miracles. Every miracle that Jesus performed was an opportunity. Every time a miracle happens, it's been an opportunity. So I want you to keep that in mind. So in the book of Colossians, he talks a lot about theology in the first two chapters. There's only four chapters. You can read the whole book of Colossians in one sitting and then go tell your friends, guess what, I read a whole book of the Bible last night. It probably will take you 30 minutes or less. But in the, in the first two to first half of the third chapter, he's talking about um, who Christ is. Christ is the head that holds all things together. This idea of the body of Christ, that we need Jesus as the head, but that doesn't mean that every finger is just like the other fingers, that every toe is just like the other toe. In fact, in medical science, you'll find out that even though we seem to appear symmetrical, we are not perfectly symmetrical. One eye might be bigger than the other eye. Some people might have a blue eye and a brown eye. Um, some people might have a longer leg and a shorter leg, etc., etc. So, same but different. Paul clarifies, though, that Christ was before all and is now the mystery that is in you. So he transitions in chapter 3 and chapter 4 to talk about our conduct and how we should live. And in fact, the youth are at National Youth Conference working out of chapter 3 this week, and it's bound together by love. If you have your Bibles and you look at chapter 3 and you go to verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. He continues to go on about the body of Christ and being thankful. Thankful is a word that is used frequently in the book of Colossians. And he talks about admonishing one another with wisdom and that we should sing songs together. We should have gratitude, another word for thankful. We should be grateful. And we should do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Then he goes through a list of rules for Christian households because he wants to sort of insert the practical or the pragmatic. And so the culture of that day um, is reflected in the next verses of the end of chapter 3 and the first verse of chapter 4. 
perhaps it would look different in today's culture. Um, but overall, it's about loving one another. And that it's the Lord Jesus that you are serving. So then we get into the further instructions. The NIV has it subtitled. In the message, it is subtitled, Pray for Open Doors. I find that very interesting. One says further instructions, and the other one says pray for open doors. Well, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. One of the commentaries I read talked about praying with your eyes open. We often close our eyes, and I know that children wonder, why all this stuff about folding our hands and closing our eyes? And the way I've explained it to children, and I explain it to all of you, it's not because God can't hear you pray with your eyes open and your hands not folded. But it helps you to filter out and to not take away from somebody else's chance of being in prayer with God. You're less distracted when your eyes are closed and your body is still. But you can pray any and all ways. So being alert and being watchful, what does that mean? What are we watching for? Well, I hope that as the body of Christ, we're watching for God at work. I hope that we're watching to see how Jesus is changing one another. I hope that we're watching for areas where we want Jesus to change each of us. And be thankful. Well, yeah, I'm okay if you want to change that other person, but I'm not really thankful for that other person because they really irritate me. So could you just change them so they don't irritate me anymore? Well, and that person over there, oh my gosh, all she does is talk, 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 talk. Could you just change her? Hmm. How about we consider the ways that we might be thankful for that person? Well, if that person talks a lot, then at least we know how they're doing today because they're putting it all out there and we don't have to guess. Thank you, Lord. I'm tired of guessing. If this person over here is irritating, okay. All right. Thankful for irritation. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Well, pearls are made in the sand, right? So consider how you might be being made a pearl by being around that person. So an attitude of thanksgiving. And then Paul says this incredible thing. He says, pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, remember, which is Christ in you, for which I am in chains. So Paul's in prison. I wonder if you were in prison, if you would be thinking about proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you are in a prison. It just doesn't have bars on it and locking gates. Perhaps your prison has to do with life circumstances. What are the common things about feeling imprisoned? You might feel isolated. You might feel controlled by others. 
You may have very little or no freedom to change the circumstances. Your prison might include broken relationships, financial crisis, health crises, major life changes. You may be imprisoned by feeling you have to keep up with the Joneses, by feeling like you have to make X amount of dollars in order to make life reasonable and happy. You may feel imprisoned that you don't have the same car that everybody else drives. As a kid, you may feel imprisoned because you don't have the latest PlayStation game or the latest Nintendo game or the latest console. You may feel imprisoned because you don't have what others have. Paul says, but you have Christ. Paul says, I have Christ. If Christ is in you, you are not alone, though you feel isolated. If Christ is in you, you don't need to be in control because you serve a God who loves and is in control and wants the best for you. If you have very little freedom here in this world, know that you have freedom in Christ. Jesus loves you right where you are, no matter what. He doesn't love you more today than yesterday, and he won't love you less tomorrow than he does today. The love of Jesus is eternal and so expansive we can't fathom it. If Jesus is in you, perhaps then you consider that from whatever your prison seems to be, and you say, all right, God, I'm ready to proclaim a message. Show me what my message is. And like Paul, help me to proclaim it clearly as I should. In one of Paul's other epistles, he talks about that his words were not very good. He was not a good speaker. But it was God at work in him and the message he had to deliver, not the performance that made it meaningful and impactful. You have a message to proclaim. Christ in you. How does having Christ in you make a difference? Really, how does it make a difference? Are you being grumbly hateful or humbly grateful? As an older children's song used to go. Are you grumbling? That's another part of conduct that Paul addresses in another one of his epistles. Do not grumble. Imagine if we all had that in our bathrooms, in our kitchens. How about on the dash of the car? Would that not make a difference? And then right beside it, do not grumble, be thankful. Okay, so when the driver cuts you off in traffic, can you be thankful? You can be. You can be thankful that you didn't get hit. You can be thankful that you have a car to drive. 
Other people are riding the bus to get to their jobs. You can be thankful that you have a job to go to. You can be thankful that 30 seconds was the difference between life and death. Are you grumbling or are you grateful? How does Christ make a difference? I had a former pastor who said that when he was driving and things would happen on the road, he learned to say, Jesus loves you and I'm trying. Perhaps we could all say that. Perhaps when somebody takes one of our favorite toys or takes the last piece of candy or the last piece of cake or takes the best seat in the house, Jesus loves you and I'm trying. And then make sure you try. Change my heart, oh God. Our living is to proclaim and to be our witness. Sometimes our proclamation is with words. Sometimes it's with actions. Sometimes it's both. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Paul makes a shift from talking to the body of Christ and the insiders being those that already know Christ, that already have Christ in them. Be wise the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. We are not on a mission to cover everything in salt. We are on a mission to sprinkle some salt. Too often, we spend time trying to preserve what we think is the right path for a person, when in fact, we need to sprinkle salt, the seasoning of Jesus, and let God determine the path for that person. We are messengers and ambassadors. We are not the saviors. Jesus has that job covered. Conversation should always be full of grace. Are you building others up within the body and those that are not part of the body of Christ yet? We're taught that the gospel is full of grace and truth. Some of us lean more towards the grace side. Some of us lean more towards the truth side. But the key word is and. Grace and truth. Be careful that in your effort to speak truth into somebody's life, life that you're not tearing them down. Be careful that you're not giving a message of judgment. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. What is your message when you speak truth into someone's life? What is your message of grace? Think about trying to not be too salty or without salt. Find your version of the salt shaker. Everybody is a different kind of salt. And if you go in the spice aisle at the store now, there's all kinds of salt blends, and now there's different colors of just salt. There's pink salt, and there's white salt, and there's fine grain salt, and there's flakes of salt. And then there's steak seasoning, and there's Cajun seasoning, and there's chicken seasoning. All of them have salt in them. They add some other spices. You have other spices that you add to people's lives. 
Make sure, though, that when you have an opportunity to be with somebody, if they don't like Cajun, don't use Cajun spices in your conversation. Or if they don't like things that have red-hot pepper in them, then don't use red-hot pepper words. Temper and use just a little bit. Start with a little bit. You can always add more. But if you overdo and over-season, you could mess up the dish. That doesn't mean you're not still working on the dish and the opportunity. Everyone has a tolerance and an expectation for seasoning. If you are praying and devoting yourself to prayer and you're being watchful for opportunities and you're being thankful for opportunities and even being thankful for the ways others have seasoned your life, you will begin to develop a repertoire and an equipping and an empowering with the Spirit in you. And you will be able to proclaim the mystery of Christ in you. Don't let your opinions, your knowledge, your need to be in control get in the way. In fact, personal testimony here, it has been through much brokenness in my life in the last 10 years that I have seen God use me the most in others' lives. And it has been my willingness to be vulnerable, to say the ways in which I think that I have been weak, that I have not performed up to somebody else's standards, that God has used me the most. It has been the storms of life that have prepared me most for ministry. You've heard me say before, these last few years, I lost a lot of people in my life. Five close people in three years went to their eternal home. And I changed two churches, so I said goodbye to two congregations of friends. My current job as a hospice volunteer coordinator was not something that I had pursued, but God placed in front of me last September as an opportunity. And all of a sudden, all of the things I've been encountering in these last few years have come together in a position in which I am able to use my gifts, and I am being blessed by the community of which I'm a part. But we are a beautiful mess where I work, and we all have our life vulnerabilities, but because we share them with each other and we pray for one another, we are equipping one another so that we can better help those who we serve. We are so afraid to be vulnerable because we want to have a safe place. And I so understand that. Know that Jesus Christ is your safe place. And that if you pray with gratitude and devotion, God will help you find those safe places. And then he'll start to use you when you are ready. And you will be able to have an opportunity to proclaim the mystery. Cultivate thankfulness. The fruit of thankfulness is grace for others. Be thankful for the other person. Pay attention to the good things in your life. Whether it's 
moment by moment throughout the day, or whether it's at the end of your day, the beginning of your day, think about some things that you're grateful for. Think about the difficult situations and think about what was good in the midst of the messy. God is at work always. And he will allow you to see him at work if you are seeking that. Jesus walked this earth as a human to meet us where we are. Walk through your days meeting people where they are. Be fully aware and thankful for Christ in you. Then let who you are and how you live proclaim the great mystery of Christ in you. Pray and proclaim. Opportunity knocks. Amen.